Welcome to Growth Colony, Australia's B2B growth podcast. I'm Alex Hipwell. Each episode, we bring you B2B founders, CMOs, marketing and sales leaders to find out what makes them successful and what was behind their failures. Let's dive right in. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode. I'm Shane Hoda with X-Growth, and today I'm talking to Nick Flute, Chief Marketing Officer of Secure Code Warrior, about how should B2B marketers communicate with their sales team? We've all heard that it's extremely critical in the B2B space for sales and marketing to work together hand in hand. But in many cases, marketing and sales speak different languages in terms of KPIs and success metrics, which makes it harder to align them. So in this episode, we're going to discuss how marketers should approach this. Nick, thanks for joining us. My pleasure. Great to be here. It's great to have you. Uh, So Nick, as, as I mentioned, we're talking about alignment between sales and marketing, but specifically about how marketers should, should approach the sales team and speak to them, okay? Why do you think sales and marketing alignment is an actual challenge these days? I think you, you touched on it in your opening there. Uh, we speak a different language. You know, we've, we're both operationally focused. We're both looking at leads. We're both looking at opportunities. We don't kind of tie them together at the business level. So to have, you know, my, my pet bugbear is, is marketers who don't talk about revenue. They don't see that they can contribute to revenue. So revenue is something that the sales organization does. And then on the sales organization, they're going, well, so I'm driving revenue and you want me to prospect and you want me to qualify a poorly qualified lead. So there's obvious tension between the two. Ultimately, the, both functions within a business are there to deliver the same outcome and that is revenue for for the organization. But for some reason, there is still this lack of under... I think it's an understanding and and it's an empathy. Yes, there are different personalities at play. You know, marketing can dismiss sales as just being coin-operated. Sales can dismiss marketing as just being the coloring in department. But if you're aligned and combined to go, no, we are in the trenches together. We are here to generate pipeline and revenue for the business we do it in a markety way, you did it in a salesy way. And I think in B2B, particularly, and particularly within the SaaS organization, because B2B buying is changing, B2B marketing and B2B selling have to be changing. So it is about kind of working together to jointly move either a prospect forward or through their customer journey or ultimately grow business at the top line. Now, we do it in different ways, absolutely, and that, that's where the alienation of clicks and likes versus or opportunities you know, and deals and all those kind of things. So there's a, there's a lack of understanding from a terminology perspective, but that's where you need kind of good leadership between the two going, okay, no, we're actually in this together. Yeah. I mean, you talked about revenue, and I agree with you. I feel like sometimes marketers might feel stuck or they don't know how to communicate in, in, in revenue, right? They're like, hey, I'm, I, the organization has put a MQL quota um, for me. And, you know, that's how I speak. And I say, hey, I gave you MQL, MQLs. And how should marketers go about talk revenue, basically? I think, I mean, you, you hit it there, you, you know, using a term MQL. So is that marketing qualified lead? So I've given you, I've thrown this over the fence. It's a lead. Go do something with it. Whereas what I'm doing is is (laughs) requalifying the term qualification to be qualifying. So within the marketing stack, marketing qualifying leads are not ready for sales yet. 
Right. So you haven't. So you're saying you haven't. You have a term that, that a lead comes in, and we'll we'll talk about what we talk. What you mean by a lead first, right? Mm-hmm. You, you're saying that it's interesting because you say there's a there's another step there. There is a marketing. You call it marketing qualifying qualifying lead, before it becomes a marketing qualified. Sales. Well, no, lead. it's marketing qualifying, and then when it has finished qualifying, it then moves to the sales organization as a sales available lead. Okay, tell me, tell me more about that. What does that mean? So the traditional taxonomy or the, t- the traditional kind of flow, you know, serious decisions and, and those clever people came up with MI, M, you know, MQL, SAL, SQL. But within B2B, you know, a marketing inquiry, that's nonsense. It's a moment of interaction. Every marketer on this planet is going, I'm doing a podcast, I'm doing a blog, I've got some digital assets, I'm doing a Twitter campaign, I'm doing something on LinkedIn, I'm doing hot air balloons and skywriting. They're all moments of interaction. So the challenge for marketers is attribution, you know, the big scary word. So we're doing all of those things. So they're moments of interaction. And and if all they do is go, So what's that being written in the sky? Let me Google that. And then they land on your website. So they've had all of these moments of interaction, but that's not a lead. It's not a qualified lead. It's a moment of interaction. So as a marketer, you're then capturing that interaction and doing something with it. If it's the right demographic, psychographic, whatever, you're going to move them from that MI stage, a moment of interaction and go, ah, that's somebody that should be interesting to us. So then we're moving those into the marketing qualifying stage because they're in the unawareness to awareness stage. They've just seen you skywriting or your balloon or whatever you're doing. Then they're going to go into their education phase. Who are you? Who is writing on the sky? Who sent me this thing? Which ad am I clicking? So you, they're in that educational phase. Just because I know your name or I know that you've downloaded a white paper, that's not a lead. And for goodness sakes, don't send that to sales as a lead because it isn't. It's somebody who has gone, I've seen something funny over there. I've downloaded a white paper. I'm consuming content. I'm still educating, still in the qualifying stage. Then you might send them a follow-up. Here's a what. I've seen you've read that. Would you like a video? Would you like to come to a webinar? Moving through the customer journey, unawareness, awareness, liking, preference, purchase. So then marketing qualifying is still happening and you're doing more and more and more and you're using a solid automation platform, you're lead scoring, you're getting everybody warmed up. You might be going, you know, give me your name here, here's some value, give me your job title. And then within your job title, you might be able to skew the next set of content still in the educational phase. Then the challenge comes along as a marketer, if you're not commercially savvy, when or what do you give them to move them from that education to liking to preference? So in that in those funnel stages, we're now getting down to the bottom of that middle of the funnel. And this is where B2B marketers are starting to be, you know, going down the funnel a little bit more because you're going, hey, do you need a business case? Do you need commercial? Uh, examples of where customers like you have used us to deliver an outcome, still in the qualifying stage. And if they're going, yes, 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 then you can trigger them to sales available. And that's when the salespeople come in because 
it isn't marketing, it isn't the sales job to qualify a marketing lead. Their job is to go and find an opportunity. So at the sales available stage, they have three choices. In, in my model, they have three choices. Because it's all digital, if somebody's come through and they've said they're, you know, Mickey Mouse at Disney.com and they've said their job title is our target job title, and they've clicked and clicked and clicked and clicked and clicked. That comes through to the sales organization as a sales available. That's obviously trash. It could also be that that lead has come through because one of our sales team or anybody within our business is saying, go check us out, go download a white paper, come to a webinar. I know you're not ready, but we'll, you know, just keep abreast of us, keep working with us. So the sales organization will also see that lead. And if your lead routing at the back end is, is correct, that account owner will see that, you know, Sally has come along and interacted. And I, I spoke to Sally, there is no lead. So I'm going to recycle that or, or there is no opportunity. So I'm going to recycle that. So of the three options, one is recycle, one is trash. And the second one is go do something with it. So then the sales available lead becomes sales qualifying as an opportunity. And then the sales organization and their skill set kicks in as they go through, potentially they might do a discovery call, they might do a research piece. If it's technology like ours, they might do a proof of concept or a trial. And then out of the trial, then hopefully you're going to get a proposal. And then out of the proposal, you might get a win, but you might get a loss as well, or you might get a not now. So redefining definitions to then say we get the journey that you have to go through rather than just going, well, yeah, Sally downloaded a white paper. There's an opportunity there. No, you don't, you, you don't know that. And, no, you know, marketers, you're relatively immature as a marketer. I'm choosing my words, as you can see. <laughs> I can you, see. I can you, see. You are relatively immature as a marketer if you are giving your sales organization a list of names and the white papers that they have downloaded and then expect sales to give a rats about what you're doing tomorrow because you're asking them to qualify the, the, the lead. That's not their job. That's your job as a marketer. Their job is to then take that, that lead that has come through all of those smarts and then go qualify it to see if there's an opportunity there that's their job. That's this before passing it. That's the sales job, and then they will close win it, or it will become close lost, or it you know might be deferred. But don't and that, that's the tension between the two. This definition of definitions. What are you giving me as a marketer? What do you need as a sales organization? If you're not having those conversations and going, you know, let's just remove all the noise. Let's get around the table. Let's define what a lead is between your sales group and your marketing group. You know, point number one, just go and have that conversation. That conversation with sales, specifically having sales in, in, in the room, right? Absolutely. You're, you're giving them something that you want them to do something with. And that's a, that brings us to a good point, right? That brings us to a point that I, what I want to ask you is, you know, what are the conversations and the questions marketing should be asking their sales counterpart to better understand their world so that they can they can align their themselves more with revenue, right? Because because it's 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 great that you have this model, but let's let's be honest, you have plenty of experience in this space, and and you can see that 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 spectrum very clearly. 
uh, where some marketers might not be able to do that, right? Some marketers might not have as much visibility in sales, sales life. And, you know, when we talk about revenue, sales is at the front line, right? They are bringing the revenue. So what, if I'm a marketer, right? When I'm sitting down with my sales counterpart, what should I, what should I be asking them? What's kind of, what kind of questions should I be asking them? I, I, I would, I would, it's going to be an uncomfortable conversation. The first one, because you're going to, you, you just ask them, you know, what's wrong with the leads that you're being sent at the moment? You know, and, and that's not meant to be inflammatory. It's just honest, you know, is it because they're, you have to do so much heavy lifting? Is it because we've not qualified their job title? Or do you mean you need a specific job title? Yes, because we're selling this thing over here and it's not fit for those over there. A marketer should know that, but I'm saying should because it's not always, you know, accurate. So going, just having a conversation with a salesperson going, you know, honestly, are these good? Are they bad? Do you need to do too much heavy lifting? The other thing that a marketer should be asking the salesperson is in terms of creating and crafting a proposition to the market is what are your customers or what are your t- customers telling you that they are worried about? What are their pain points? Because any good marketer will go right. If your sales per, if your customer or your prospect is telling the salesperson, you know, this is what keeps him up at night. This is what I'm worried about. As a marketer, you should be reacting to that and going, okay, well, if the customer's telling my salespeople they're worried about five things, and we can solve those five things, that's an instant marketing asset because you're going to spin that around and go, hey, here's a new asset. Here's a new white paper. Here's a new webinar series that is going to just slowly go through each of those five pain points or whatever that whatever they are. So you can learn a lot from just having a conversation with sales. On the flip side, I'd encourage sales to have a conversation with marketing to then say, well, actually, I didn't, you know, how difficult is it to capture the attention of anonymous people and then get them to stop what they're doing and look at what you want them to look at and then capture and pique their attention to then do a little bit more and then read something else and read something else. So mapping out the customer journey, you know, if you, if you want a process, go into a, a room, get on a whiteboard, map out the customer journey to then say, in our industry, going from unawareness to awareness, to liking, to preference, to purchase. And there might be, in a, in a SaaS sense, you might then have onboarding and expansion and renewal and advocacy. So map that out identify who your buyer is. Is it the same as your user or is your user different to your buyer? Again, significant, you know. And you're saying for sales to ask these questions or for marketing to to dig deeper? It's both. Go and dig deeper. Go and look at the whole life cycle of that leads journey to try to then understand it and workshop it from both sides. We've created a new white paper. Oh, good. Okay. What was the audience? Which stage within the life cycle is that white paper for? What do you want them to do after they've read that? You know, marketers struggle with call to actions. Yeah, map it out. Work out what you want them to do next. Work out what they have done to get to that point. And then the call to action isn't just download now, click here, sign up for a demonstration. It becomes much more tangible than that one. Do you need a business case? Do you need to speak to somebody who can help you, you know, purchase, help you install, help you onboard? That's much more useful to a prospect 
than just click here now, you know, Christmas is 14 days away, you know, get one early. So it's the commercial, you know, get getting into a commercial reality. Marketing is a commercial function. There's nothing dirty about you're here because your business needs to generate revenue or, you know, even in a not-for-profit, there is still something that your organisation has to gain. What is that? And don't be afraid to then go and have that conversation with the salespeople going, how does a customer buy? How do you pitch? How do you tell the story of the company or the product? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think you you have such a strong point. I think, you know, the, the whole being revenue fo- focused, being dirty for, for marketers, because marketers are like, you know, we're here to educate and we're here to, you know, do this. And, and sometimes that goes too far and becomes too soft. Mm. And marketers are like, no, 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 we don't want to, we don't want to force them to do anything. And, you know, the, the, the realization is not there that the, that the business needs to, you know, see, yeah. see ROI from here. And, and we're doing that for, for that purpose. And then some of the KPIs move away from revenue. Right. Yes. It, it, yeah. 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 It, it, yeah. it digresses. And, um, and I'm, I'm fascinated when, when we talk to, when we talk to companies and we're like, you know, they're like, Hey, we are having a hard time getting buy-in from sales. And the question, just like you mentioned is, you know, what are you talking to them about? What do you, you know, what are you bringing up? Because the salesperson is thinking about commission. I mean, yeah, great. Yeah. You know, uh, company revenue, all that. They're, at the end of the day, they're thinking, is this is what marketing doing is going to bring revenue is going to bring a commission in my Correct. pocket. Correct. And if you're not talking the same language, yeah. you don't. You're, you're and, not and, by yeah. And, and marketers don't under, you know, that's where they will ungraciously say that sales are coin operated, but you, you go to marketers and you go, okay, I'm going to give you, you want nice car. You want all of the stuff that you see downstairs, you know, with the salespeople, they work on, let's say it's a 50, 50 split. So they've getting they get an okay salary as fifty percent, and then the other fifty percent might be uh, you know commission or earnings, and that commission might be uncapped. You know, if they do a good thing, they might be earning hundreds of thousands of dollars. So as a marketer, well, if you want that, you, then you do that. You take a hard number. You take a number about revenue contribution to the business, and are you prepared to do that? And most nine times out of 10, when I've challenged, you know, a marketer about their salary or, or their, you know, their comp plan, they go, oh, no, 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 I, I, I need my 100% of my salary and I'd like a bonus as well. Yeah, but how about I give you 80% and then give you an uplift based on company performance or individual goals? And even then they're going, oh, no, a hard KPI on revenue? I, I can't control revenue. So, of course you can. You can educate your buyer. You can educate your seller. You can be where they need to be. You can craft a compelling story. You know, all of the buzzwords and things, you know, storytelling, that's another kind yeah. of buzzword. Yeah. You know. <laughs> that's another one. So a marketer can have an impact on revenue. You're doing it in a markety way. Sales are doing it in a sales way. In, in B2B selling, when you've only got the sales channel, yes, it becomes a little bit different. So therefore, marketers think about not just educating your buyer, but educating your seller as well. You know, we're just about to launch a new campaign. Okay, have you briefed the sales team? No? Ah, good chance of success. Oh, we sent them an email that we put up an intranet page. Okay, lovely. Good luck with that. Good luck with that. Nick, 
Nick, you you opened up a can of worms, and and <laughs> maybe maybe I'll I'll touch on this. Let's let's touch on this as a last point. Okay. Yep. So, do you think that marketers should be compensated similar to have like have have a like a comp plan similar to sales? Obviously, maybe it's not revenue. Maybe it's opportunities created, or you know, or something like. But are you, are you of the school that marketing should be should be should be on 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 commission? Yeah. Why Why not? Okay. You know, why not? It, it, it changes the behavior. You know, any sales manager will tell you that if you've got the right kind of commission plan, then you're driving the right behavior. So marketers, you know, they want, you know, if if somebody runs a marketing campaign that kind of, you know, triples the lead volume, is that something that's commissionable? Well, let's see what they turn into before we kind of go, you've got commission on leads. Do you want commission or a bonus on outcome? So let's focus on the outcome. Now, as a, as a CMO, I want excellence in my marketing team. So I want a campaign to do better than before. I want volumes going up. You know, all of our internal KPIs, our OKRs, to make sure that marketing is doing the best damn job it can do. But you're then looking at the business going, well, so somebody does a thousand leads, but sales only close one. So is that a problem? Does it reflect effort? Does it reflect and compensate effectively, you know, the creativity that's gone into it? Or do you then split that and go, right, you're going to have personal KPIs and contributions, but you'll also get some business benefit as well. So in a bonus scheme, you might be running, you know, a 50-50 split of your bonus to then say, right, if the company does well, you'll get 50% of your bonus based on company goals. But then there's also 50% that could be at risk, and that's going to be your personal KPIs. Contributions. Yeah. This is this is a topic that I'm very passionate about and very interested. But unfortunately, we don't have enough time to dig deeper. So we might have well, to we bring can do it another back. One. For, uh, that's it. That's it. I was <laughs> about to say one. that. I was about to say it uh, about, uh, about marketing compensation. But before we wrap up, there are a couple of rapid, rapid fire questions I want to, I want to go through with you. And, uh, and, and, and get your, get your answer on those. Okay. Number one, what is one resource? It could be a book, it could be blog, podcast, et cetera, et cetera, that fundamentally has changed the way you work and live. That was a hard one. I think as, as a, as a, as a failed guitarist who is, who is only limited by two, two things, that's a lack of practice and a lack of talent. I like reading biographies. So the Keith Richards biography is uh, is a real tell-all. So I'm going to go with that one. Keith Richard, gotcha. Number two, if you could only give one advice to B2B marketers, what would it be? Go talk to sales. Number three, what are the influencers that you follow in the marketing space? Uh, there's, a, there's a couple are out there. If you go through Twitter and you look up Dave Gerhardt, he's a good one. So he's running uh, a... a kind of a, a B2B kind of marketing kind of blog series and some websites. So he's a good one. He's ex-Drift and he's privy. Uh, Christopher Lockhead at the moment, Mark Ritson, you know, th those kind of classics. And then as you then look into, you know, you still got the Seth Godins and people like that, which put it into a bit of a context. More broadly than that, go look at Bill Gates's blog and then go read the books that Bill Gates says go read because they're very, they're very wide. They're very eclectic. That's true. That's true. I, I always, uh, I'm always uh, 
looking at what 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 are the books that he's holding in his hand when he's you know he shoots those photos and and has like the books of the weeks and I zoom in and I'm like which ones are these um no, last one what's what's something that excites you about B2B today I think the, the there's an element of humanism that's coming into it so I think we've realized that just because somebody is B2B and just because somebody might work in a large organization that they're not humans so you go back through the IT press and, and when we used to do full page ads and things, it was all about the box with the flashing lights and all those kind of things. And if it went fast, there was a picture of a, of a Ferrari or something like that. But I think that, that it was actually something that I saw that you said on a podcast where you were speaking, humor. So humor for Secure Code Warrior is, very, is an identified part of our brand to be quirky, to be slightly left of center to be to throw in pop culture references all those kind of things because ultimately our user gets it but so does our buyer so just because they're on one side of the business don't forget that they're humans too and i think that's where the biggest changes are coming from the b2b side of things because you should be recognizing that your buyer is a person too so appeal to them on that level I love it. I love it. Nick, this has been an awesome conversation. I've, uh, I've I mean, is there's been, there's been like topics that are coming out. I'm like, Oh, I'm writing them down. I'm like, all right, we've got to do another, another episode on this one, another episode on that one. I'm, um, I'm happy to because my, <laughs> my team know that I unfortunately crap on quite a lot. So I'm more than happy to kind of jump on another one. No, I really appreciate it. Well, Nick, thanks again for, for coming on, on the podcast and uh and sharing all the uh, all the insights with with the listeners brilliant no problem at all thank you hey it's alex again from x growth thanks so much for joining us on this episode if you enjoyed it we'd love it if you take a moment to rate us on apple podcasts it would really help get the word out to other b2b professionals if you're hungry for more B2B content, make sure to join our Slack channel at growthcolony.org forward slash Slack, where we share the latest B2B news tactics, tips, and chat about problems we're facing in the B2B space and find solutions together. That's growthcolony.org forward slash Slack. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you in the next episode.